audio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my first concert. My name is Mark Houston. And I'm Andy Young. And today, we're going back to the great state of North Dakota. So many talented individuals have come out of this state, Andy. Tons of tap dancers, I've, I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> Including hey, yourself, right? Tap dancing is truly an art form. Yep. It tells a story it, when it you're does. doing it. <laughs> Better than any other means. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to be talking with uh, the voice contestant from season six who who made it just about as far as you could make it before the final the final spin. Is that what they do? I'm not sure on the, on the show. I think I've watched it like twice. I should probably pay more attention to that. Yeah. Uh, but it's you Kat really Perkins. sent this interview up great. <laughs> I did. So far, <laughs> we are on it. No, Cat uh, Perkins is somebody that's uh, very familiar to people in the Midwest. Uh, extremely talented, on the voice, motivational speaker now. And uh, I've never got the chance to sit down and talk with her, but you've known her for a long time. Yeah, I've known her, played shows with her throughout the years. And I mean, God, what was it? Two years ago in Los Angeles at the NAM show, we just happened to bump into each other in a hotel lobby out there in this sea of tens of thousands of people, you know, and we just cross paths. I'm like, how, how does this work? How does this even happen? Because when you're from the Dakotas, it's you, a you connection. Can, you can spot each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you, you know, you're just pulled magnetically in a certain direction right. without knowing why. So, uh, Kat, it's very, uh, we're very excited to be talking with you. Thanks for coming on the show. Nice to meet you. We've got nice uh, to meet you. We've got a little bit of a small world going on, you and I. Um, really? I'm from Bowman. You are? <laughs> yes. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Born and raised. Uh, I saw that on your Wikipedia and I thought, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Scranton, oh my North God. Dakota. And how do I not know you? I mean, that's really odd. Well, it, does your dad still teach well, in he's, Scranton? Well, he's pretty forgettable, if I'm being honest. <laughs> 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 no, dad retired about six years ago, seven years ago, maybe. Okay. But I was trying to remember... Ever being over? How long did your dad teach? Do you remember? Or do you know? Thirty-seven years. So anyway, he was there the whole time. Yeah, uh, he was in reader for a little. For a okay. Okay. I'm sure because I was, you know, I was, I did band and music and everything in high school. So I know I had to run into him at some point. I would have had to. Paul Harley for your teacher. Oh, he was my all time favorite teacher. Yep. (laughs) I love that whole family. Oh, they are phenomenal. I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. I wonder where they're at. I have no um, idea. I think he's in, in Mississippi is where I want to say. Yeah. I don't know how he ended up down there. Um, but but uh, that's the last I heard. Yeah, loved wow. Paul. Crazy! I love it. I love the small world stuff. <laughs> it is. It's really cool. All right. Well, thank you for doing this, Cat. This is this Absolutely. is this is this is a lot of fun. And I think, really, for Andy, all he's been talking about the elephant in the room is this Bon Jovi concert he hasn't shut up I, about. I literally brought it up like in passing one time. I'm just very not really. Well, both of you guys got to do that, so that had to be cool as hell yeah andy where'd you do that where'd you do yours um i sat in with uh 35th and taylor at the united center in chicago in chicago yeah man it was it was awesome i've never heard like a crowd roar like that i've never felt that roar before until that and i never and i still never have since (laughs) no me neither (laughs) it's crazy what that feeling back when the lights go down yeah 
Where did you do it at, Kat? Minneapolis. Oh, uh, oh so cool. Yeah. We were we were one of the first ones ever because they started that contest that in 2005. That was their first time doing it. And I feel like Minneapolis was maybe like the third or fourth stop on that tour. So we were one of the first to do it. And it was so weird because they didn't have to do they didn't have to do that. It was already sold out by the time they were doing these battles, you know? Right. It, like, it was kind of like a, a goodwill kind of thing, like w- ushering in like up and coming artists or whatever, you know? It's, right. They didn't have to like sell tickets or like do a mm-hmm. local thing to, you know, get people to come to the show. It's, they just did it on their own version. It was just really cool to do that. Right. Or they could have just brought up anybody with their management or, you know, anybody that would financially make sense for their management or their booking agent or whatever to throw on the tour with them. You know, it's yes, they're actually just trying to cultivate young and up and coming talent, which is I think was really cool. So cool. Changed my life. (laughs) Well, Kat, we were talking just a little bit earlier here before we got started about, you know, how cool uh, North Dakota people are. Um, So what's uh, just can you can you give us a little bit of your background growing up up there in Scranton? Yeah. Well, I mean, I always say that I didn't know anything different. I'm, I'm glad I didn't. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Scranton, North Dakota was a tiny little town, like 250, 280 when I grew up there. It's probably 150 Maybe. now. Mm-hmm. Maybe that. Uh, nine kids in my class, you know, like all the same kids that I started kindergarten with, I graduated with it in, in when I was a senior, which is kind of crazy now to think about, especially when I, um, you know, in the big city talking with kids, they barely go to each grade with the same kids. So um, it was cool, but it was it was really fun because I came from a very musical family. So my dad was the music teacher in Scranton for like almost 40 years. And my mom was the church organist in Scranton. And when I say that, I mean like the pipe organ, like the big wall instrument with, that vibrated and she used like her legs and her feet and her arms. I mean, it was <laughs> so, so cool. fun to watch. <laughs> which church and, uh, Which church was that, Kat? The Lutheran church. Okay, there. yep. East Lutheran, I guess yep. it was probably called. Uh, there was, you know, two churches in town, two bars, two churches. Yep. <laughs> cool. um, uh, so it was fun because we would have like family sing along nights at home and we had our own little family band. There's cassettes of us somewhere, you know, <laughs> singing together and harmonizing. And I, I started singing as soon as I could talk. So I don't really remember not singing or being somewhat in the, the on stage, you know, like being in front of people, I guess. Um, but it was fun. I mean, my grandparents lived in town. Everyone grew up there in Scranton. Like my grandparents grew up there, lived there. My parents grew up, lived there. They've been dating since eighth grade, uh, married 48 years now, which is insane. And, um, I don't know. I, it was a, it was a really cool upbringing. I'm, I'm very lucky. So in, in a, in a, in a really small town like that, um, did when you were singing and you were participating in stuff like that, did did people maybe see something more for you or did you feel it first? Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, I'm sure your parents were like, you know, you, you sing your greatest parents are. They, they thought you're going to go on to be to rule the world. Right. Um, yes. But but did other people also notice and think, you know what? There might be something a little bit bigger for you down the road. I don't I don't remember that. I just remember seeing it for myself all mm-hmm. the time, all the time. Um, I remember when I was about 15 
and we were doing some like country western jamboree thing and we had won like the we won the 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 local part of it so it was like my uncle and my dad and my sister and me and my cousin I think was in the band um I just remember thinking that moment like we won the the local part of it we came we went down to South Dakota to Huron to the state fair (laughs) and competed there and um and won you know the the big prize i don't remember what that was but butter uh, probably (laughs) probably. (laughs) Um, i remember those moments being like okay so this is what i want to do and how can i make this happen and that's when i started writing music so i don't know i mean maybe people did and maybe they said it maybe i'm really not appreciative of enough of enough of the people surrounding me telling me keep going i know Mm -hmm. my parents did but it was I had the vision at a young age and went went for it. Well, and I think uh, your your step into or step up to the Medora musical probably, uh, you know, for, for North Dakota, I guess that's, you know, that's a venue that I think would be would be nationally known, if not in some instances world known. I mean, you know, it's 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 a big deal for North Dakota and a big draw. Do you think, uh, you know, how did how did that help uh, with your with your growth into music? God, I mean, listen, for reals, for reals, I would not be who I am today without doing that. Um, that was insane. I, I think the most important part of that, if I mean, if people don't know, here's here's me set the stage. Yes, please. <laughs> the 3000 seat amphitheater outdoors in the side of a butte. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They call it the greatest show in the West. It's really the only show. In the right. West. Um, <laughs> and it's a bunch of singing, dancing, acting um, professionals that come together and sing about country music, North Dakota, Teddy Roosevelt, God. Right. And, um, and then we tap dance about it as well, which is <laughs> crazy. That's when you um, really get the point across. Right. Is the, yeah, the, the tap dancing really, really tells the story of the West. <laughs> So when I, I had, I'd seen the show every single year. That was a mm-hmm. family getaway for us. It was yep. only 55, 60 miles from where I grew up. So we would go up there every summer and watch the show and, and be entertained for a second. And, you know, the town is just crazy and old and like very touristy. Um, but I remember when I was like a junior, I think I went with my friends instead of my family. I took my friends and my cousins. We went to see the show and I remember reading about all of the the actors and the singers and dancers in the show. And I was like, nobody in this show is from North Dakota. Like barely anybody in that show was from North Dakota. They were all from Memphis or New York or, or Houston or, or Austin. And, and I remember thinking, why, why isn't it North Dakota people? And, and how can I get in this? Right. <laughs> So it was a weird moment because literally months later I figured out how to audition. And back in that, back in the olden days when I, I was, um, when there was no internet, well, there was internet, but no, like right, exactly. YouTube or, or uh, anything you could audition by, you know, like I, I drove out to Minneapolis and auditioned for the show and I made it. So that was exactly what took me from my senior year to my first year of life after um, high school. And, and I'm, what I was going to say is I think, I mean, obviously singing and dancing is really fun and that's what I wanted to do. That was very much close to what I wanted to do. And, um, but I think most importantly, it was 
being surrounded by like-minded people that are entertainers that did it for a living and feeling like I'm actually doing it professionally for the very first time, even though I had gotten paid to do things before that, but that just felt like super professional and like, I can actually do this. And it completely changed my sights and it ended up changing my approach to what I thought I was going to do because I had all this support and help from like-minded people in that show. Right. And that's what took me to Minneapolis. Well, Andy, you're over here giggling about the tap dancing, but have you ever seen the show up in Madrid? Well, I was going to say, well, I was going to say, you got a tap dancing background, don't you? Like, I, I didn't. I've just I'm not going to take the shot. Look, this is Cat's interview. Oh, All right, sorry. we're nuts. Okay. All right. <laughs> no, we. I did the same thing. We used to go to Medora every year. You know, it was my mom's favorite thing to do. Yeah. So we went up there constantly, and and you know, I would I would recommend it to anybody. It still is a fantastic show. Hundred percent. Yeah. It really is. Um, I can relate to that too because growing up in Spearfish, we had the passion play there, and it was always like out of market, like actors coming in constantly. Yes. And so, I was in like high school working in like the back of a kitchen at restaurants downtown or whatever, and they would just get you know an influx of like out of market actors in town doing the passion play in the evenings, like waiting tables or hosting or whatever. Did those connections you did did those connections you made with those people that were not from North Dakota? Did they help you too, Kat? Hundred percent. I mean, I again, like I couldn't have done any of what I do without that happening. So, I ended up instead of going to college where I was slotted to become a music educator, just like my father and my sister and my great grandmother and my grandmother, they were all music <laughs> educators. Um, I drove by the college and I think I called my parents when I got to Fargo. And said, I drove past college, and uh, not only that, but I stopped in and cashed out a few scholarships. And I'm, <laughs> I'm uh, going to Minneapolis, where I had, you know, just been in a show with like three people from Minneapolis, and um, you know, the scene there was just very, um, it is still very hot in the theater world, and like, you know, being able to audition and work as a professional entertainer or actor, or singer, or dancer was obviously way easier to do that there than anywhere in North Dakota. Um, so those connections brought me to Minneapolis. I, I worked professionally for immediately for five and a half years in the theater world before I ever started my own band and got my songs that I was writing, you know, to come through and, and, and go to that lane of my career. Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, and then what happened really is that all those actors that I had been hanging out with and all the shows that I had done in the theater world and a bunch of tours that I ended up doing, I met the musicians that eventually were in my band oh, that wow. I <laughs> wrote music with and collaborated with. So it, it all came together that way. So I know you've you've talked uh, you know extensively about your your time on The Voice. Obviously, um, do you ever get tired of talking about that, Cat? Do, do you ever get tired of the questions? I don't. Um, I, the people that are around me really do. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm leaving. I can't do it. I don't want to hear this again. <laughs> well, we want, we want to hear it though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, it, 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 if it wasn't for, for YouTube again, I think that might've been, that, that was another big, you know, a, a new technology really that, that was, that was kind of launching, um, you know, people here and there. And it obviously did that for you too. Yeah. Yeah, and honestly, it's so weird because in the moment that I had a YouTube video go viral, I honestly was not the one that posted it, and oh. I didn't know about this video. 
Um, so it wasn't like I was trying to do anything like that, like people do now, where it's right. like, match my buttons and go to my channel. <laughs> I, was not, right. I was not doing that kind of thing. It just, it was up there and um, it was so crazy. Like I, I was a nanny at, at, um, in Minneapolis in Edina because I had to take about three years off of singing after I had a record deal with my rock band and we toured a little bit and it was pretty much right when we got our record deal and recorded a record, I went down with a vocal cyst on my left vocal cord mm -hmm. and uh, literally had to quit, quit. And I thought that was just it. So I became a, a nanny, which, which was just basically to make ends meet. And, and I still have that education bone in my body. So I wanted to get, you know, mentor kids. And I thought it was something that I could, you know, get down with. And I did, which was great. So, um, it, I went to, I, I would take these kids to school in the morning and then I would have a lot of time on my hands and, and I went back to their house to, to clean and whatever. And I opened up my computer and there's an email from the producers of the voice that came through my YouTube channel. And I, I mean, I honestly thought it was a joke. They were like, we want you to get on a plane in the next two weeks and come to Los Angeles and audition for season six of our show. It's like, <laughs> that's not how this works. You don't, right. you don't just get an email through You're like, your YouTube spam. Account. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I literally almost deleted it. And then it would just seem so legit, though. It was just, it was so professional. And I Googled the, the woman's name and reached out to people. And they were like, yes, no, this is real. And that's. They curate the internet for for people to audition for the show. Like you oh. get on that plane. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I did, and honestly, I'm not sure I would have done that e either without the kids that I was nannying. Um, they were such huge fans of the show, and actually got me into watching it when in the like couple seasons before I was on it because they loved it so much, and we um, we did that as a little family at, on Monday nights. You know, we'd sit and watch the show, but. <laughs> I I don't think I never wanted to be on television. I never wanted to be a, in a competition show. I mean, I dabbled in American Idol 10 years before that or 15 years before that. And it was an awful experience. Really? And it was a, just it's terrible. But people don't, you know, don't remember is like a lot of those those shows are, are casted shows. They want to make mm -hmm. television. They don't necessarily care about how talented you are uh -huh. or or things like that. So I just didn't. I didn't want any part of it. And I also had this thing in my head about letting people down because I had just, you know, a couple of years prior to that had a, a vocal casualty, uh, you know, lost my record deal, lost my whole band. And, you know, I felt really bad about disappointing people in that moment. There was nothing I could do besides have surgery and try to heal and, and, you know, I just felt, all, I just had that thing in my head where I didn't want to let anyone down. So it was just, all the doubts and all of the bull crap that came to mind when getting on a plane and auditioning and singing in front of Adam Levine and trying to get a chair turned. That just wasn't that appealing. <laughs> well, do you, okay. So, so once you, uh, you know, once you worked through that and got on the plane and got out to California, do you remember those moments right before you stepped out onto that stage and the thoughts that were in your head? You know, what was running through your mind when you're about ready to step in front of some of, you know, yeah. some of the world's biggest stars? Yeah, I do. Re I do. That's about the last thing I remember, because I think I blacked <laughs> out right after that. Uh, I remember having gum in my mouth and I don't know why that is so significant, but um, I was so nervous and, and like I had waited all day 
all day to audition. Um, like I got in hair and makeup at like six thirty or seven in the morning, and now this was seven o'clock at night. And you, you know, I couldn't eat. It was so like nerve wracking that whole day. And I remember the stage manager saying, "You have, do you have gum in your mouth?" And I was like, "Yes." I like, I, I was so nervous. I didn't know. I'm like, "What well, would I have walked out there with gum in my mouth?" Like, what? What was happening? <laughs> and so she took, she put her hand out and and took my gum. I, like I thought, I'm like, "Oh, that is disgusting." Yeah, it's, like, pre, it's pre-COVID times. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Well, <laughs> she's standing there acting like she's your mom, being like, "Come on, come on, spit it yeah. out. Let's go." <laughs> spit it out. Like, spit it out. And I, and then she kind of pushed me out there and, and I do, I remember walking because, um, the boots that I had on, which were purchased in Deadwood, South Dakota, by the way. <laughs> oh, cool. Nice. Um, I actually won the shoe bonus on a, on a <laughs> slot machine, went next door and bought these fabulous boots. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so I could hear like the footsteps i could hear it in my brain you know i could like my whole heart was just like everything was so amplified and loud and like the footsteps walking onto the stage was just it was like slow motion and super loud and i and i just was like you know trying to focus and re- just remember the lyrics like just get through it just get through it and see what happens um but but i did i blacked out at that moment and so every time i watch it back now which i do a lot not to be self indulgent right. i do I speak about it and I, I do a lot of motivational speaking mm-hmm. with different age groups and, and I usually show the video and every, t- every time I watch it back, I go, it's nice to watch it because I know I don't remember being there. <laughs> right. Yeah. So That's do crazy. you, so do you remember that feeling when the first chair turned? Do you remember that too, even though you're in this blackout fugue? <laughs> no, I don't. And, um, <laughs> What happens is like if you watch the show and in those moments, it kind of goes like douche, 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 right? When they turn, that's not real. That happens like in post-production where they put that noise in. (laughs) So you don't, it's really hard to tell when somebody turns their chair. Oh, really? That's interesting. It'd probably throw you off like a huge sound effect like that, like going through your in-ears or whatever. You know, I don't know if you're using wedges, but yeah, that'd that'd probably throw you off. I remember just going through the motion and I had a bunch of blocking, which means there was lighting mm-hmm. that I had, I had to try to hit my cues because we had pre- rehearsed this moment for a long time. By the way, we prepped that moment for five weeks every wow. day, five huh. weeks, that 90 second thing. And, and I'm really glad because those blackout moments that I'm talking about, <laughs> like I was able to push through it because I had done it every day for five freaking weeks. You're on autopilot. And, yeah. And, you know, just like out of my mind, but I was able to push through a lot of people quit singing. So I didn't know that anyone turned until the last moment. And I was just kind of carrying through my blocking. And then all of a sudden I looked down and Usher's turning his chair. So on my season, it was Blake, Usher, Shakira and Adam. And Usher was turning his chair and Shakira and Adam were already turned around. (laughs) So I was like, oh, my God, not only did it happen, but it happened three times and I kind of missed it. And. 
and I almost stopped singing. There was, it was a moment of it was like, Oh God. And I think I screwed up and didn't do the, what was planned. What didn't matter. Because well, how, how could you at that point when you're looking down and those three faces are staring back at you? I'm a little, I'm a little upset with Blake at this point right now. I mean, I work the, the country station here in Rapid City. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little irritated with him now, honestly. Lack of respect. You know, right? you know, a, lot, a lot of lack of respect. <laughs> so, so why, why, uh, why take, why did you take Adam? Well, and then the other secret was that right before I went on stage, when she took my gum, she said, I just want you to remember one thing. Um, it's going to be hard to, to hear if anyone, if anyone, tur- if, you get, if you get more than one chair to turn and, and they're talking to you and trying to get you on their team, remember, it's going to be hard to hear. So she's like, if you just remember who turned first, remember that in your head. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, how it was just, it was impossible to take it in. Right. impossible to take that in but it all came true so like Usher, adam starts talking usher starts talking and i'm like oh my god i can't hear anything that's happening like i can't hear them talking they don't know what they're saying and i'm just kind of smiling like uh-huh <laughs> and then <laughs> totally myself, this yeah. is what she meant she was like if you know who turned first but i didn't know who turned first but i knew that adam and shakira were already turned when i Right. When I came to when I came to for a second. So <laughs> um, then I tried to listen to what they said, but it was it was a no brainer for me. It was just a no like I knew I wanted to be on Team Adam and that he was probably going to be the one that could help me the most in that moment. And boy, did he ever. Wow. That's awesome. It is cool. It's a big, big flaw on their part, though, that you can't hear while they turn around. Uh-huh. <laughs> you might want to fix that in future I shows, know. but good God. <laughs> I think it's a lot of it, because remember, in this moment, I, I pre-taped that moment like four or five months before you guys saw it on television. Right. right. And everyone in that arena, which is basically only about, it's under a thousand in, in the, at, at all times, 600 to 800 Um they all have to sign non-disclosure agreements and like they can't they're you're under like a two million dollar nda that you can't tell anyone that what happened you know so i think honestly they also keep the levels down of what's happening so you don't know oh and like there's a lot of people and a lot of other contestants on the grounds when it happens and they don't want them to know either so there's a whole thing behind it i believe but it was hard would you would you ever do it again no, I, <laughs> I, I have a friend who did season, let's see, I was on season six. So she was, I think she was directly after me, season seven or eight. And she just went on to this last or two years ago, or maybe, maybe it was during COVID. She went on to do America's Got Talent. And I was like, you're nuts. You're <laughs> like that was enough for me for a whole lifetime. I still have, I think I still have like PTSD from the whole thing in a good way. Right. It just, I'm like, there's no way I could ever handle going on national television like that or becoming that public figure in the moment. It was very, a lot of pressure. That was, that was really hard for me. Well, you're, you're still singing and, and touring right now. I mean, we, we get, you know, we, we get you out here every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, you're, you're doing a lot of, like you said, motivational speaking. So what, yeah. what led you into that? I was actually just out there in Spearfish doing a, a speech um cool it's such a what i guess bob ross would call a happy accident (laughs) um it was so weird because you know so many kids especially in north dakota right after i got done with the show so many kids and 
were writing to me uh, over the internet and, and saying, you know, like, we voted for you and you're my idol and all these beautiful, wonderful things that I love to hear. And, and my team, I, I put together a great management team, actually very nostalgic management team. After the show, I brought back most everyone that I had with my record deal with the rock band. Um, so my manager was like, you know, you should figure out how to like connect with these kids and, and have that piece to your story. And I was like, yeah, we totally should. So I had a lot of teacher friends, and I started going into schools and, and we, we literally did it like the week after the show um, ended. We like caught the tail end of the school year of 2014. And I went and surprised all these classrooms with all these teachers that I knew. And, you know, the, it was nuts. Like these kids were, they were out of their brains when I would walk <laughs> in. And we just did, we started kind of doing like um, question and answer with the kids. And I started just talking about being from a small town and, you know, having your goals set and knowing that I wanted to become a singer and working really hard and making my dreams come true and all of the things. And, you know, at some point we had filmed all, so much of this content for like, I think we got two weeks to, to kind of go in and do that. And my management was like, you should figure out how to do this. Like, you should you should really do this. Um, so we approached the legislature and both. North Dakota and Minnesota and, you know, said we want to go into schools and, and do these programs. And what I, I used to call them lyceums, but every time I say that word, people go, what the hell oh, are you I talking about? I totally grew up with that word. That's awesome. Yeah, I haven't heard lyceum. it in so long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Assemblies, apparently yep. they call them. Now. Right. Um, lyceum. And the North Dakota legislature ended up taking us on. And all the what we had to do was um, incorporate uh, like social media technology into it and and how to like properly use social media which was perfect because then I put together like an anti-bullying campaign and along with my dream it do it kind of thing and we did it we did over 500 presentations in nine months that year we were doing two three four a day and all over the midwest and north dakota especially some in south dakota and some in minnesota and and then from there, there'd be a lot of parents that were like, well, my other kids in college, you should go speak to their college, you know. So then I would jump over to a college and do one for free and just kind of, you know, do like an after school seminar panel discussion thing. And then that started to take off. And then I started doing colleges. And then th then those parents were like, you should come to my workplace. And that's where I drew the line for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, I don't. I don't know if I can do corporate. Like, I don't, I'm just a girl from a small town that never went to college. Um, <laughs> yeah, I want to know what that looks like. You go, you go into like an office with like people going through midlife crisis and like, you should quit your job and pursue your childhood dream. Yes. <laughs> I literally have had people reach out to say, I, I quit my job after you came because I really I realized I want to do something different. I was like, oh, that wasn't the point. Oh, that wasn't the point. But, well, that's okay. Um, I mean, if they're happy, you know, let them, let them go right well and in in all these speeches i would talk about being brave and how simplistic that sounds but once we get older it's harder to be brave and when the stakes are high in our lives it was hard it's harder to take chances that make sense and then i had to take my own advice because that was what i was like not being brave about going into corporations and doing corporate training and and so i decided you know what I, I can figure this out. I really want, I do want to do that. I do want to influence adults. I do want to speak as an adult 
and not just do this with kids. I want the whole gamut. So I hired a coach in Minneapolis and I did like two sessions with her. She was amazing. And, um, and I started booking corporate and, and I like cold called an agent and was like, Hey, I was on a reality show. I've been doing school licenses for the past year and a half. I want to do corporate stuff. And they were like, send us a reel. So we, you know, put together this like promo, just like you would for a band. Mm -hmm. we've, uh -huh. done, we've done that our whole lives. And, um, and I got hired like instantly and it was, I never looked back. Now it's mainly corporations that I go into and wow. it's, it's wild and <laughs> crazy. And, you know, all in all this business land, there's just this little girl from North Dakota who tap danced her way through life. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Like you can't just be a singer. You can't just be a musician and just like be able to do that in your room and, and make a living doing that. You got to be a master at about 20 other skills like public speaking and social media and just all these different things, you know, and it takes you down roads that you never thought you would. You probably never thought you'd be doing that. Never in a million years. I mean. It was even pushing it with the schools that I was doing. Although I loved it, it felt very natural. Um, yeah, never in a million years. I mean, I never thought that would be something that I would even be interested in. Honestly, like most people, it, it, it was terrifying. And it is still terrifying, but it's also why I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm a little bit of a masochist over here. But, <laughs> but it also, it, um, you know, it, it, when, when you are able to... Even if it's just one person, when you're able to inspire one person in front of you, no matter what age they are, that energy coming back at you is like tenfold. And it's this beautiful circle of inspiration where I was able to help them change their sights and their approach and be fearless, which is my buzzword. Um, they also do the same thing for me when they when they tell me that it worked or they, they really listened. I, uh, one of my favorite moments of all time was just crazy. Um, I don't know if you remember back in the day when we were real young, there was a little boy named Jacob Wetterling that went missing for ever. And actually, I don't, I don't, I think it was just solved like in the past five yeah, years. Yeah. The past about year and a half, I think they finally figured yes. it out. Mm -hmm. So his mom, Patty, um, lives in St. Cloud, the St. Cloud area, Minnesota. And I ended up going into this um, healthcare seminar that it was uh, for women in healthcare. And she was also a part of this seminar where she was speaking to people. She does a ton of motivational speaking and um, she's a lovely, lovely human being, just amazing and, in, you know, famous, right? And mm -hmm. for crazy reasons. And she sat in front of me when I did my speech and took notes. And I'll never forget, like, when I noticed it happening and then just, like, freaking out of, like, Throws wow. you off, probably. <laughs> totally did. Yeah. And then she came up afterwards in tears and she was like, you know, you just, you inspired me so much. And, and what, you know, you resonated with what I'm going to be doing next and, and doing this in honor of Jacob. And like the whole, I just get shivers talking about it now. <laughs> and there's those imagine. kind of moments where you're like, this was so much more than about music. It's so much more about being a singer. And it was so much more about wanting to be on stage at this moment. And it's all paying off and it's completely life-changing to me and it's and it's very much worth it and i i love when i love that part of my job well the 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 reason you know one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you about this kind of the point of our podcast too is to is to get to that moment and you you we, we've talked to a, a a few people that 
the 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 moment for them they've kind of always known when they were going to be a singer or a performer or be in front of people for other people it clicks in certain certain moments of their life do you remember that first show you went to that you were like you know i want to do that that's where i want to be or was it always just so much a part of your life that you knew it was going to happen there was a couple. There was a couple instances. Um, the first time it happened, I, I, it was my first concert, um, which was in Rapid City, South Dakota. Uh, my dad took us to see Alabama. Right? <laughs> yeah. no, no, my yes, no. It's the Oak Ridge Boys. I always screw this up. Because <laughs> we just saw them again. Not, they're not. There's only one original right. guy, but yep. it was the Oak Ridge Boys. And I remember being so fascinated by. The lighting and the sound, like all the whole thing, I was just engrossed in this moment. And I, I remember it. I, I was only in kindergarten, but I remember watching this and just being like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to be up there. Um, and then it doubled down. It kept doubling down of like, I think my next concert was Richard Marks. Yeah. And Richard Marks brought kids up on stage in that tour. It was probably in like, the latter 80s, maybe 88, 89. And I went up there and I it was at like Alberta Bear Theater in Billings, Montana. And I was just such a huge Richard Marks fan, same with my father. So he, it was a father-daughter date. He took both me and my sister to Billings and we saw him. I get up on stage and lose my ever-loving mind. Oh, like, yeah. not only is he right there, but then looking at all these people out there and not being scared at all, just like, this is this is it this is this is this is my world and then it kept going and 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 honestly the Medora musical being part of that when it mm -hmm. was now a reality I know I can do this I've been sort of doing it um that I, my junior year of high school and I watched that show and I went I'm gonna do that I'm gonna figure out how to get right there on that stage <laughs> Well, okay. So two things, uh, Kat. We're gonna we're gonna get Andy up to Medora at some point. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Count me in. Let's do it. Cannot believe you haven't been there. <laughs> and and now I'm thinking, you know, uh, I don't think Andy's ever really experienced Southwestern North Dakota. We need to put a show on oh. at Bowman Haley Dam, Kat. That's yes. what we need to do. We need to get oh, it over little, the dam and let's um, do it. Judd Hoos, Kat little, Perkins, little collab concert. I like that. Yes. That'd be fun. That would be so fun and nostalgic for me. I got drunk a lot of times. Oh, Perfect. Um, yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kat, this has been, it's been a lot of fun talking to you, and I hope I get to meet you some point when you come back down to Thanks. Rapid City or wherever you're around. So Absolutely. We'll, we, I love I love coming over to your part of the neck of the woods over there. Awesome. Yes. We'll and you know, another thing we haven't even talked about yet is you, you've been pretty busy all through COVID and everything doing like the curbside concerts and stuff like that. And Houston is just a freak of a Vikings fan. So you played for a couple of players, didn't you? Yes, I went to Adam Thielen. That's what house. I was thinking. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's amazing. So what? He just comes out on his porch, or what did you? What did you do? Yep, he came out into his driveway, and we were like socially distanced, and his whole family was there. Her parents. His, he's got a lovely wife from far. She's from Fargo. She's an oh, wow. girl. Awesome. And so both sets of parents were there, and um, yeah, they came. Out. It was icy, and he was like screwing around like acting like he was gonna fall on the ice and i was like uh listen we yeah. need you yeah. we need you and then ends up injuring himself anyway um <laughs> oh so that's what happened yeah there we go we <laughs> got a track down yeah <laughs> yeah it was wild and uh it was really cool so and i always when 
I, I have season tickets, by the way. You should come with me to a game. Oh, no, absolutely. Let's do Bears Vikings. Let's go. Yes. Well, absolutely. Can we have them play a good team, though? That'd be fun. The Bears? No, the Vikings. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> God. Oh, God. Neither one of us has a coach right now, That's so I don't true. know what we're talking oh, about. Exactly. <laughs> I think we'll have one by the end of the week, though. Yeah. I think so, too. We got the GM so today, didn't we? Yeah, I yes. think you did. Bears okay. got theirs yesterday. Yeah. All right, here we go. Yes. God. Oh, oh my man. God, I love it. Like, we can we can do a whole other podcast on just football. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. There's a couple other guys here that do a podcast on uh, mm-hmm. Vikings water cooler talk or whatever. But oh. I, I always go on there during the Bears week to talk a little trash which tell didn't... them to give their girl a call I'm all right yeah that'd be how... he just walked by there we go <laughs> oh cat this was this was uh this was fantastic i want to thank you so much for doing this and like i said next time you're in rapid come up here to the studios we'll go grab a drink or we'll talk some more and and uh you know continue the conversation okay i would love that i can't wait to be back i'm excellent i'm setting up some summer tour stuff right now oh perfect so- Hopefully we'll uh, hopefully we'll get over there and we can make that happen. Awesome! Thank absolutely. you so Very much, cool. Kat. Thanks, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Thank Thanks so much. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of My First Concert. I am Mark Houston. I am the host and producer of the show. It's engineered by Chris Jaquez, and all the audio and visual work is done by our own Russ Haddon. My First Concert is on the Home Slice Audio Network, and if you like what you heard, a great review is always appreciated.